Thank you for choosing to listen to the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. In a really amazing selection of other podcasts indicative of the recruitment market and the business market, for whatever reason you're listening now, we just want to say thank you for choosing us. We couldn't do this without our sponsor and our partners. We're going to talk about them a little bit later on in the show, but thank you to Pager, our sponsors, and our partners, Inclusion Crowd and Needy. And without further ado, let's jump in to get to know this week's guest. Well, this next guest, I'm hoping, will need little introduction if you follow us on social media, because this is my right-hand woman, my mini-me, Shannon Rowlands of Key Recruitment. Shannon joined Key Recruitment in 2017, having had a couple of years working for a finance recruitment company, uh, both during and after her degree. And during this amazing conversation, which will be very colloquial, very chatty, and basically very open and honest, Shannon will talk about her journey into the rec to rec sphere, which is often regarded as the black art of recruitment. She'll talk through what she regards, having benchmarked hundreds of recruiters over the last six years, what she thinks are the qualities of a top recruiter, and having met with hundreds of recruitment companies, what she thinks makes the best employer for recruiters. She also gives us some insight into what it's been like to produce a podcast show, which is this one. She has been the producer of this for the last three and a half years, and what her advice would be to anybody thinking about setting up a podcast and then what she hopes for for 2024, the evolution of recruitment in Shannon Rowland's worlds. I'm hoping you'll stay tuned. You'll get to know this delightful, incredible, special human being who is just most wonderful to work with, but also to have as a friend. And I can't wait to hear what you think of the episode. So without further ado, let's jump into this week's guest. We are so proud at the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast to be sponsored by Pager. Pager helps recruiters to build personal brands, to identify new business opportunities, to attract those hard-to-find candidates, and to basically have better conversations. Now, you will have a large network that you want to build credibility with on LinkedIn, and sometimes posting content every day feels impossible. Now, that changes once you have Pager. Pager provides you with the ideas, the content, and the scheduling capability for, to produce daily content to build out your own personal brand in minutes and for business development too. Pager identifies companies that are advertising jobs, have key hiring indicators such as funding rounds, mergers, acquisitions, or senior appointments, and then alerts you to this daily Pager also enables you to write candidate-centric job adverts without bias in seconds. So once you advertise your job, Pager will then automatically create a branded post and publish it to LinkedIn without you even having to lift a finger. So when you want to actively source candidates, you can create complex Boolean strings in seconds. All you need to do is to provide the job title and location. Now, Pager is making thousands and thousands of recruiters smarter and faster. For more information, click on the link pager.co to book your demo. And remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when inquiring. Now, 
back to the episode. This is Leisha Holmes, and I'm your host of the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. And I'm just, uh, this is possibly the most special guest I've ever had. And that's in the last few seasons that we've had the absolute honour of sharing with you all. And the reason that this is the most special guest is because it's my absolute right-hand woman, Mini-Me. Welcome to you all today, Shannon Rowlands of Key Recruitment. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Now, I'm, I'm not being facetious, am I, in saying that it's literally taken three and a half years to get you sat here on the show. <laughs> Probably longer. It actually feels really weird because usually I'm the one in the background doing all the editing. So actually being here on the podcast feels weird. <laughs> the amount of people that have asked me over the years, why is Shannon not coming on? Why is Shannon not doing it? And it's because it's not something that you enjoy particularly doing, is it, broadcasting? No, I think when we did the Rec Expo, um, that's the first time in a long, long time, probably since university, that I've done public speaking. So that was pushing myself out of my comfort zone. So now doing this, it's the first podcast I've done, actually, I've just realised. It is the first podcast. And for anybody that's listened and watched us and followed our journey, you'll know that we've talked many times about imposter syndrome and you know your limiting beliefs and finding it within yourself to push yourself and that's one of the main reasons that I've persisted with Shannon Rowlands to get her on the show because I actually think you've got a really amazing testimony to share not least because I don't often talk about specifically my day job as a rector but I'm going to let you do that today because rector has got a rather dark and mysterious reputation Mm -hmm. hasn't it but I can't believe anybody that's following this show doesn't know who you are because you were obviously the pinnacle of the production we couldn't have this show without you but for those who are not yet familiar with you Shannon please will you tell us a little bit about who you are what you do and why you sat here today yeah so I'm Shannon Rowlands I'm originally from North Wales I went to uni in Manchester and then now I live in Senna Yorkshire in Leeds and well just outside of Leeds and I joined Key Recruitment back in 2017, wasn't it? Yeah. Time. Um, so now I've been here for over six years and um, cover the Northwest and Yorkshire as well. And also I'm an editor, producer of the podcast. You are. You, so, I mean, you know, amazing, amazing human being. You really are. And it's so lovely to um, to sort of get for the, our audience to get to know you on a different level as well today. So. Tell us about your journey into the rec to rec market because you didn't just land in rec to rec for key recruitment, did you? Tell us a little bit yeah. about how you came about being a recruiter to recruiter. Yeah, so back in university, I had a placement year and I kind of didn't know what to do, to be honest. So a lot of my friends, well, one of my friends went to America to work on a, in hospitality and then a few of my other friends moved back home and I just thought, I don't want to move back to Wales, but I want to do something that's not going to be going back to uni because when they go back to the final year, I didn't want to be finishing university before then, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. I had a couple of interviews for placement years and I managed to get one into a recruitment firm, Starkbrooks, back in 2015, I think it was. Um, basically there I was a resourcer, um, helping out on admin, bits of everything, to be honest, just doing the tea, the coffee, but I loved that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then in my final year, I worked there part time. I'm just doing bits of everything again. Um, And towards the end, my manager at the time, Tom Rogers, who's now one of our clients, NSTR, um, he put me in touch with Leisha originally to put out to her clients, basically. 
So then we met in the refuge, wasn't it? The refuge. I think it was the refuge, yeah, which was over the road from my office at the time. Yeah. And I think it was lunchtime and we sat down, you spoke to me about my background, what I was looking for initially to put out to, out to your mm-hmm. clients. Um, and then you said, you want me to work with you? And that was literally from there. I didn't. It was. I tried, to, I tried to put you off, didn't I? I do remember because I, I think I, I think I probably matched you up to two or three companies, but I never do more. Yeah. And then I said, "But actually, I'm looking for a resource." And you just. I remember you. Your body language just changed. Like, what? Yeah. Um. And I really tried to put you off, and I was convincing you to go and look at these other companies. And you, I think you rang me the next day, didn't you? And said, "I really want to interview for you. Like to work for Key." And then I remember coming up to workplace, meeting Laura um doing a little presentation and that was it wasn't it really you didn't you didn't just do a presentation you actually wrote a blog like you really went <laughs> like you went above and beyond you negotiated wow. your salary very well if I remember rightly yeah you did you were just an, an absolute instant so yeah so that was I think I interviewed you in the March April 2017 but obviously you yeah. hadn't yet graduated you were graduating in the June mm. and then so that was my first year really wasn't it so June 2017 um obviously getting my feet under the ground learning from you and Laura the first couple of years and um, to be honest the first couple of years is such a whirlwind now I can't really remember the ins and outs pre-covid but, yeah I remember, my, I remember my first placement which was about six weeks in it's for a little junior Um, I sat with you and Laura I remember that feeling and that feeling that made me realize right this is what I want to do it's this I, I did a placement I was doing in my finance recruitment as well I did a placement there a couple of placements it wasn't the same feeling I don't know I can't really describe what the feeling was and what the difference was but I think it was obviously a different company in a different market mm. um and then yeah so fast forward then we had 2019 wasn't it I sat down with you and I, was, I realized I love Manchester but my partner's from Leeds and we kind of want to make that next move so I asked them, I think I asked you, do you mind if I move to Leeds? And you were like, yes, go for it. So since then, I'd be, I've been growing my Yorkshire market um, since 2019, which has gone very well. And I've absolutely loved doing it. Um, so moved to Leeds 2019. And then 2020, we had the dreaded COVID, which made a huge spanner in the works. Um, it was such a whirlwind then, wasn't it? I think I went on furlough for three weeks, came back, and we were like, what should we do now? So then we started doing the newsletter. Do you remember doing that every yes, week? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when the podcast started as well. Accidentally, it yeah. was. Do you remember? I thought it was Joe Gregory. Joe yes, came, was, Joe, yeah. came, Joe agreed to come on. I said, I think we're just going to start sharing tips for people because we're all sort of going, what the hell are we doing? Like we, we had five, the reason I brought you back on furlough so quickly was that I was like, there are jobs out there. there. There aren't a lot, but there are jobs out there. And I made, I made a couple of placements somehow. I don't know how I did it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I brought, and you were desperate to come back, weren't you? You were just, you were going mad at home and you would like every day you were like, I've got this webinar and I'm doing this. And I'm like, you can do what you like. You're on furlough. Um, <laughs> Home workouts and I was like, I'm getting fed up for this. So yeah, on the bread, all that. No, it's good. I'm, 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 I just want to pause at COVID because I think what a lot of what you said there is, you know, because I always share any messages I get on LinkedIn as the host. I don't know if anybody ever shares you messages, but they do to me as a host. We get a lot of newbie recruiters that listen to this show, and obviously it's because you want to learn. It's a learning platform. It's you know free access to people like yourself who've gone on a journey. We've got leaders from across the world. And actually what you said there is that, you know, it, it, I think, you know, moving into a different sector, you did finance for a short while, you know, moved into, into the retro market, working in a boutique business, you know, we were in the office full time, you know, you learn, 
so much by just listening and you know yeah. me and Lauren obviously there were a number of training courses that you know you went on and stuff and you know that I think you had this voracious appetite but I love that you meant that you still remember that first placement and I think the reason that one maybe stood out for you more than maybe the finance ones is that and this is my first proper question to you I think so you, a lot of people who, you know, do the rhetoric market haven't actually worked in the market, another market before. But you did. You worked in finance and obviously I worked in other markets as well. But how do you think rhetoric is different to other recruitment sectors? Yeah. So when I was doing finance recruitment, obviously, I was working a lot with account assistants, those doing their ACAs, doing like finance related roles. So when I moved into rhetoric, I just love the fact that I've been working with clients and candidates who are going into different industries as well so we don't focus on one area so i absolutely love that so one day i could be speaking to a tech recruiter who's really passionate about that market and the next day I could be speaking to a marketing recruiter who absolutely loves that working with agencies and being creative yeah. so i love that variety um although it's amazing there are it's just <laughs> they still come with the challenges where it's pretty tough because although they do the same job as us um sometimes you well a lot of the time not a lot of the time but quite a lot of the time you do get some cancellations you get yeah. some ghosting and the odd ghosting yeah. so that still happens it's not like it doesn't happen in doesn't just happen direct to rec it happens in all industries as well so yeah. no i agree with you totally i mean rec to rec in some ways is no different to other markets you know it's, yeah. it's human beings isn't it and if, if if somebody's got the volition to not return a call or return a text message or update you doesn't matter whether they're a recruiter or an engineer or a doctor or a teacher, but you would think, yeah. you would assume that because the recruiter has had it done to them that they wouldn't then, you know, replicate that behaviour. But the sub cases, it, it does actually happen. And like you say, not very often, but it does happen, unfortunately. I want to yeah. unlock the pause and then go back to 2020 because, you know, for a lot of people, certainly in your peer group who, you know, you've got seven, eight years experience, six, seven, eight years of experience, you know, you, you, you're mid-career, you know, you've got good, solid experience behind you. But when COVID happened, you were still on this learning journey. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the, you know this because you edit the show, one of the key topics we talk about every week, week in, week out is the sort of hybrid versus remote. At the time, mm -hmm. obviously, you had just moved to Leeds. So we'd we'd gone from fully in the office to 2019 we then went hybrid I think we were doing three days in Manchester two days at home and it was working brilliantly and then Covid happened yeah. and then of course we went remote and we would then do the odd day back in the office until sadly workplace didn't make it and it closed yeah. how do you how has your personal experience been having done all three at different stages in your career and where do you see the benefits and the downsides to each of those things so I think if I didn't start off doing start off in terms of being in the office, mm. I don't think I'd be the recruiter I am now or have Bye. the success I've had. So I think I would, if I wasn't next to you and Laura all, all, all day, every day, not just you and Laura, but around other professions as well. So obviously we're in a shared workspace, got that benefit. Yeah. Me, but we were also around, also some of our clients were in shared workspace with yeah. us as well. So I think if I didn't have that, mm. you just I wouldn't be the way I am now. So I think it brings you out of your shell quite a lot. Um, and obviously I just learned from hearing you and you and Laura on the phone so I think if I didn't have that I wouldn't be able to do what I do now I don't believe that's why I think some recruiters not everyone when they've joined post-covid and they've gone straight in or around covid when they went straight into a um, fully remote role they've not had that experience or that exposure which I think they'll find difficult going forward I so. think the osmosis effect should not be underestimated and I say that hand on heart I'm a huge believer that 
you know, hybrid is fantastic. But actually what Shannon says there is so accurate that you learn. And like you say, what I love is that you said not just recruiters. You know, we had property developers next to us. We had lawyers next to us. We did have there were some brilliant recruitment firms in that. I think they were all there because of us. Yeah. Simpson <laughs> George, hyper recruitment. There was loads of loads of people in there. And actually, you you are picking up, you're not listening into each other. I mean, let's just state that we weren't listening in, but you're just picking up on the energy. Without even realizing either. Mm. So that's how probably sound like you on the phone sometimes. <laughs> people often used to say, Is son and your daughter? And I'm going, yeah. mm, technically not, although she's young enough to be. <laughs> no, that's really good. Okay. So I, I that's a really important point made. So then yeah. we went hybrid. Do you th- yeah. How do you think that affected you in, in positive or negative way? Positively, I think it kind of gave me that it showed me that you had that trust as well. Do you know, I mean, I could work from home and I could work independently. I think it gave me that um, freedom as well. So I love being in the office. I love that. But I also love those few days at home as well. So give me the right balance. So that worked really well for me. But obviously then COVID totally changed that. Um, and now we do work remotely. But I've now obviously got a great routine. I love my little routine. But now I'm seven years, six years in. Mm-hmm. I couldn't have done it straight away. I couldn't have gone straight to remote because it'd have been like, gosh, what am I doing? Yeah. Um, but now I'm obviously a bit older, uh, more mature, I think. Um, you were born mature, Shannon. Oh, God, I know. That's a little quit there. <laughs> um, so I feel like, yeah, it works really well for us now. But I think if we were bigger and if we were to hire trainees, it wouldn't work, I don't think, at the moment. Yeah. No, I agree, I agree with you totally. And I think that's a really important word that you just used there, really flippantly. But actually, you have a good routine. Mm. And I think you are very disciplined. Yeah. Um, and I think it's also important to mention that you and I do get together once a fortnight. You yeah, know, we make yeah. a day of going to see clients, whether it's me coming over to you or whatever. Um, and in addition, we do speak about 75,000 times a day. That's the thing. If we weren't speaking all the time, it's communication, isn't it? That's the main thing. Even yeah. like you and Laura in the group, group chat on WhatsApp, we're always uh, chatting on there. So we didn't have that. Then you'd feel very, very disconnected. Yeah. You would. You'd feel disconnected. And I think it's really important that, we talked about that because I think there'll be a lot of people, like I say, who who are in the early stage of their career who maybe are resenting the fact that their remote work has been revoked. Maybe they're being asked back into the office more. But actually hearing it from the horse's mouth from somebody that's been there and gone on that journey, there is a reason why you're being brought back in the office, because part of your learning journey is listening to other people. Yeah. But actually, that can then cause a problem with more experienced people who don't need to be in an office that don't want to be in an office. But I think that's where hybrid is a good for me, it's a good, it's a great answer. It's a great solution for where you're compromising on yeah. what people need. So I think that's really important. So you've obviously interviewed hundreds and hundreds of recruiters over the last six and a half years. And, mm. you know, one of the key things that we do, why we have, where are Rectorac? I know you were like, why, why do people have Rectorac? <laughs> um, is to benchmark. So what do you think? In your professional opinion, are the top, are the qualities of a, what makes a top recruiter? definitely got to be resilient I think anyone would think that it's not an easy job anyone that thinks like anyone can get into recruitment anyone can it's the barriers to entry are very low um but resilience having to deal with very difficult situations constantly and randomly can happen at any time days the week weekend in the night so you've just got to be very thick-skinned and just keep on pushing forward um I think as well you've got to genuinely care so it's not all about the money mm. so for me, I am um, obviously I'm money motivated I'm trying to save up for a house um 
But for me, it's knowing that I've placed someone into their dream job and helped one of my clients solve one of their problems. That's something that really motivates me. So it's someone that's not always motivated about money. Obviously, money is important. Everyone knows that. But I think it's got to be, it's got to come together, if that makes sense. So I think that's the main thing. Um, And discipline, I think we spoke about it before. So, yeah, I think that's a really big thing. And work ethic, you can't just shy away from it. You've got to keep showing up. Um, yeah, I, th- I, I actually think you're right. And I think, I mean, I, I've also had the, the honour and pleasure of interviewing some, you know, thousands of people. I mean, I've done rep to rep for 22 years. But, you know, if I think about the top performers, you know, the ones that are consistent, it's all the things that Shannon said there. It's nothing more than that. You know, it's not rocket science to be a top biller. It's just that work. I think work ethic never gets talked about enough, Shannon. I mean, you are you are the epitome of work ethic. You know, you, there's nothing you won't do. You apologise if you go out for an hour. You know, it's but it's not just presenteeism. It's it's genuinely, you know, productive work and making things happen. And it's all about that, the quality of the work. So I think that's really important. Um, OK, flipping it then. You've obviously had the absolute pleasure of partnering companies over the last six and a half years, some of whom multiple times you've built teams for them. What for you makes a good company to hire for? What do you look for? Yeah. So I always think with clients, I know you probably think, well, I know you think the same. I wouldn't want to partner a client where I wouldn't want, couldn't see myself working. That makes sense. So yeah. it's a company that I really buy into their values. Mm-hmm. Also a company who really do something and show that they are what they say they are. I think that's a big thing. There's not always just a tick box exercise. They actually are very forward thinking, doing what they say they do. Um, and just in terms of us partnering with them, I think making that process slick smooth transparent honest being honest um and communicating i absolutely love building relationships with clients and i love clients i could just pick up the phones who you have a normal chat with for about five ten minutes before actually speaking about recruitment mm-hmm. we're getting to know them as a person but i like that when they get to know me as well they don't just i think that comes down to them valuing what we do for them don't just think that we're just one of these rector rex the devil the devils do you know what i mean we're actually you know, <laughs> them out. so yeah i think for clients, it's all about building those relationships and long-term relationships, not just here for the short-term, understanding the way that we work as well. We're not just going to come at them with loads of CVs. It's going to be a CV, or not CV, to be honest. It's going to be a profile or a candidate that really matches what they're looking for and the candidate really matches what they're looking for, if that makes sense, and making sure that it's all right on both sides. The company that we love to work with is those that actually pay their invoices on time. Obviously, that's a big thing. Um, I can hear Laura, I can hear Laura shouting, yeah. <laughs> and also um just in terms of them as a business, how they look after their staff, that's really important. So obviously, if we're gonna place people into that business, we need to know that they're gonna be looked after as well. Yeah. So I think that comes down to what development do they give to their to their employees, the onboarding, that's really important. You don't want someone to be thrown into the deep end from day one. Um, and the training, the development, what can they give to them? So I think, yeah, a company that really cares about the staff, do what they say they're going to do, treat us with respect and value. I think that's really important to us. And 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 I absolutely echo everything that you say there. And I think for me, as I'm listening to you speaking, it's you're basically talking about respect and it's yeah. about, you know, a true partnership. And, and all too often, I think, you know, the feedback, on other rector x potentially i mean we, we obviously partner other rector x there are other rector x out there who do a fantastic job and are really you know formidable in what they do as well i think the market's big enough for everybody I'm, i've always been a huge believer in healthy competition but there are some who who do act in a transactional way but equally we have clients that that you know potentially seals in that 
way and that's not how we want to act or or embark upon it so I think what you've established there is what makes a really good partnership and I and I really love that that's you can everyone can hear and see your energy and your passion for getting it right you know when you get it right there's no better feeling is there really yeah that is the end goal isn't it <laughs> it really is so what would your advice be to let's think because you know that we we tend to get feedback from two two main groups of people one is leaders which is fantastic um, and one is the junior people sort of moving their way through the, the first few few roles in recruitment that's not to say you don't listen and you're not in the sort of middle like Shannon's level but what would you say to people who are in the early parts of their career like what would your advice be to them in terms of how to be their best selves you know be the best performers they can be and become you know really intricate part of the business that they work for I think like say consistency and that's a big thing isn't it mm-hmm. and showing up um just really immersing yourself in your market as well um that, I think that comes down to being passionate about what you do doesn't it as well so there's some people say um do you need to be passionate about the market that you're recruiting and sometimes people say so I've seen people say no you don't you can learn any market but I think you've got to be passionate about what you're selling so otherwise it's not going to be a long-term okay. thing so I do think immersing yourself in your market and um, pushing yourself out your boundaries like I am today <laughs> doing a good job. Um, and always seeking advice always looking for ways to develop yourself um don't just if you obviously some people get very comfortable in a role don't they so I think it's always important to keep on learning and developing so otherwise you're never going to grow um and yeah I think that's probably the main ones I think you're I think you're absolutely right I mean I do just want to again you know really echo what you've just said there about what is often disregarded in somebody's career so it's, you know I'm not bothered about what desk I do I'm not bothered about what market as long as I can make money and it's like I've never subscribed to that I, mm-hmm. I genuinely think that you are more successful in life if you're doing something that you enjoy doing and you enjoy having the conversations and if you're you know interviewing people that you've got no interest in what they do you're never going to immerse yourself in the market you're never going to become that go-to person so I think it's an, an, an absolutely essential part of what will keep you if you're listening to this now and you're thinking about is recruitment for me what will give you that longevity is doing a market that you really enjoy and that you will then become like this peer because that's what's happening to you now you started six and a half years ago in recruitment and some of the people you were working with at that time at a similar level and now you're decision makers yeah and that's the cycle that you that every recruitment consultant can go through that you become this peer to the people as they you know as they move through their career path that's what will that's what you'll do with them you'll mirror them and it's it's just an absolutely brilliant way to do I think with uh with that as well so when I first started off in recruitment obviously that was finance recruitment nothing said I didn't enjoy it mm-hmm. but I didn't have had, had as much as much as a passion that's as I do it. now mm-hmm. and so I think now it's made me where I am today because I've really enjoyed the market definitely you know like a lot of the podcasts that I've recorded over the last couple of years people are talking about the threat of AI and how technology is going to take over etc I mean if we hire more people like you it's not going to matter because it's all about the human touch isn't it I mean where do you see your evolution in recruitment you've been in recruitment you know since technology has dominated our industry but where do you see the evolution of recruitment going forward so I think as long as you're not a transactional recruiter there's always going to be a place for us but if you're just there churning cvs or just firing out cvs using job boards all the time things are gonna slowly decline not slowly decline they will decline but i think if you're bringing in that personal approach that human element Mm. everyone's always going to need that you can't do that all through robots that makes sense well i hope not (laughs) 
No, I think we're along, I think we're a long way off that. Yeah. It's the it's the nuances, it's the behaviours, it's the buying signals. Yeah. yeah, and you can like whenever I speak to a candidate, I get to know everything about them. You're not going to get that if a robot was just doing it from a CV, CV or using all this AI and tech. It's different, isn't it? So I, I get to not. know a candidate, really know a client, find out what works, what doesn't work, what's going to work next to them, and making sure that the partnership's right. So I think with that human element, it's never going to die down. Yeah. No, I to- I totally agree with you. I re- I really do. And what's your biggest ick in recruitment? Ghosting. <laughs> I think I know you're going to say that. Yeah. What would you say to the ghosts? The ghosters, if you could say something to them. Stop being pathetic and reply. <laughs> Just under WhatsApp. So easy. Yeah. Literally, it takes two seconds anyway. I uh, Well, I think the whole world unites behind you. I really Literally. do. As well as doing your day job so brilliantly, you... So, so rightly said at the start of this show that you produce and have produced this show right from day dot, which was all by accident. None, neither of us planned the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. And you have become, you know, such a stalwart in doing this that we've had a number of people over the years who've approached you to say, can you help me? Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, it is a little known fact that Shannon has actually productized her whole um, recruitment service of recruit, producing a, a recruitment podcast, if anyone is interested. But talk us through what you've learned since you've produced this show and what advice you would give because a lot of people are thinking i need to get on this podcast bandwagon because it ain't going anywhere it's growing and growing in momentum what would your advice be yes i think if i always think actually if we didn't have covid would we have started the podcast Mm. i think we would have but i wonder how would we have done it and do you know what i mean so it's been well we had the key moment didn't we we had the key moment in 20 i think we started that in 2018 uh and it ran for about a year and we used to do it it's funny how it's kind of gone full circle we did it when we were in the office we used to invite guests in we still did it once a month like on a day but we would invite guests in every hour and bring them tea and coffee and stuff and it was really nice but actually that was i thought always thought that was a bit of a inconvenience to the guests to have to yeah into manchester it was i always felt really guilty about it so we did. And then, of course, our producer at the time, he went into a full time job because he was a freelancer at the time. Gareth, big shout out to Gareth. Um, and we paused. So we had kind of done it. We were actually probably the first recruitment podcast, if I think really? back. So would we have done it? I don't know. We pro- I would probably knowing me if COVID hadn't happened and I look around now and see all these amazing because I do. I've, I always listen to podcasts ever since they, they started. I would probably be getting a little bit of FOMO about it, thinking yeah. we should be doing the same, but not really knowing when we'd find the time to do it. That's the thing. I was thinking, would we have done it the way we have in terms of because I, I had nothing else to do. We all had stuff to do, obviously, but it wasn't wasn't doing the day-to-day it's jobs it. recruitment. So yeah. I was thinking, what else can I do in my spare time? So I think I just did it all on Google. I'm sure I just typed into Google how to set up your how to start up your own podcast. And I went from there. You just did. followed step by step guides, found a um podcast host and literally just followed steps steps by steps I and mean, it literally got there in the end but it did take a while of trial and error well, it, was it? Tri- it was trial and error and I think that's why uh, you know I know you're too far too humble to ever push this out there but Shannon has got a checklist a step-by-step guide we're not charging a fortune but we're valuing Shannon's time and effort and the pain that she went through over a couple of years finding the best hosting finding the best products out there to make this as streamlined as possible. So if you are interested, this wasn't meant to be a pitch, but please drop Shannon a message or me for more information on that. But I think 
you know, it, for me, I know you're a massive digester of podcasts as well. Are there any podcast shows in particular that you listen to in addition to the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast yeah. that our listeners might want to download as well? Yes, of course, the usual um, Diary CEO that's got to be mentioned, High Performance Podcast. I do, I do love a really light-hearted, funny one. I've got a, quite a few. I think we're top of the name now. What they're called? Um, Wednesdays we drink wine. I love that one. Um, there's a lot of foodie ones that I love. Yeah, I just love listening to the ones like at the end of the day, I could just switch off, go for a little walk, and turn them on. What's your favourites? Um, well, definitely the Diary CEO and High Performance Podcast. I absolutely love How to Fail with Elizabeth Day. That is possibly one of my favourite ones. She's just, I've got massive, massive crush on her. She's just so amazing. Um, I love the Midpoint with Gabby Logan, which is all about the supposed midlife, which apparently I'm in. Um, which, although it goes to the age of 68, I found out the other day, for, 45 to 68 is midlife. Um, but she has some really great guests on there and it's just a, it's really high energy. And um, I love the Zoe podcast. So Zoe is obviously the oh, yeah. health, health, um, company, which is co-owned by Stephen Brawl, actually, but it's all around nutrition, well-being, fitness. And it's, they're really short episodes, which obviously anyone that listens to this knows that I'm a huge follower of the short ones. Um, and they're really easy to listen to. Um, I like history ones so uh dead to me is really funny if anybody's into history ones because they've got the it's one of the writers of the qi elves from the Q, um, qi show with stephen fry and he's a historian and he has on a real historian and then he has on a comedian and they talk about it might be Boudicca or it might be G julius caesar and it'll be all facts around them but it's it's always the funny parts of it so yeah. and I like food ones too. I have to say I like the one with Jessie Ware and her mum. I can't think what it's called. I now. love that one. Yeah, I think oh, I like the. Uh, you like told me about that one. Table manners. Yeah, table manners. It's absolutely because some of the food ones they eat and I can't bear it. I can't bear listening to me. So that one's a really good one because they're at home and they're yeah. her and her mum and they're Jewish. So it's all like Jewish food, and they've had on like you know. Um, Nigella Lawson they've had Ed Balls on they've had like really diverse people but it's really good fun I mean Fern Cotton there are so many podcasts out there which is why at the start of this show I always do a thank you saying thank you for listening because it's it's the most amazing minefield of information out there and I think podcasts are here to stay and we always are so grateful to you listening to us in our community and, and to you Shannon for producing it it's just so exciting so before we sign off as we record this this is before our live podcast event. Oh, yeah. Um, we'll actually have to make sure if we can switch things around a bit. I think this needs to go up before the live podcast mm -hmm. event. That's to anybody that hasn't yet bought tickets. Um, we are going to be in person in Manchester with eight. Yes, eight guests. It's going to be quick fire. It's going to be a way to create this holistic approach to getting the best performing you in 2024. And sh I couldn't have done this without Shannon. <laughs> so what are you most looking forward to about the event? Gosh, it's going to be just a room full of everyone that we've known and met over the past few years, which is very exciting. We've had actually, I think we've got about a third, or just over a third of people that have bought tickets so far. Obviously, we've got about six weeks left. So um, I think it's definitely going to sell out. It's going to be very busy. It's going to be nice to meet people that we've seen on yeah. LinkedIn, seen on webinars and Zooms and things like that, but never actually, actually never met. Actually <laughs> met, and it's going to be totally yeah. bizarre. It is going to be really crazy. So, and if you're listening to this after the 23rd November, stay tuned because we are already planning a London live podcast event in 2024. We've already got three speakers lined up. 
So it's definitely worth subscribing to this channel. Make sure you're following our page on LinkedIn and keep your eyes on what we do next because this show gets booked up months in advance. If you are interested in becoming a guest like Shannon has, push yourself out of your comfort zone. It really hasn't been that hard, has it, Shannon? I just like sitting in a room with you and talking to me. Well, honest. it is just like sitting in a room talking <laughs> to us, but we, we've probably been a little bit more appropriate and less, you know, inappropriate with our language. Um, and if you are interested in becoming a guest, then definitely drop me or Shannon a message or drop us a line on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast page. But before we let her go, I want to know what have you got in store to make your 2024 the best yet? So for me, 2024 is going to be my last year before I'm 30, which is oh! I feel like I need to do a few things before I'm 30. I've got a few things in mind just in terms of like personal stuff. I need to buy a house. Definitely. That's one of them. Um, and I think just for next year, just to be happy, healthy and have a successful year. And I'm really hoping we have no unplanned events go on. That's going to screw things up again for the market. But hopefully, touch wood, we have a... Bright and but the reality is, Shannon Rowlands, as you and I okay. know, know my, <laughs> one of my key phrases is that we can only control our controllables. Yeah. And if we get another COVID, if we do get, I mean, the, the, as we record this now, there is a war going on in the Middle East. It's We can only control what we can control. Thank you for everything. Thank, Thank you for you. joining us on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. The Recruiters Recruitment Podcast is thrilled to be partnering with Inclusion Crowd. Inclusion Crowd put the D into diversity but do it disruptively. We love that. Really reflecting what we're about. I was introduced to Inclusion Crowd back in 2020, and I've been absolutely blown away with what they're doing to totally transform the recruitment and hiring sector. They believe at Inclusion Crowd that companies should be reflective of society and that no matter who you are listening now, you have a story to tell. You have a contribution to make. An inclusion crowd educates you in allowing your voice to come out and share that story, but doing it in a way that educates your colleagues and your customers equally. Inclusion crowd, like the Recruiters Recruitment podcast, has clients all over the world and they specialise in our industry. What we all want to do together is to maintain best practice and to raise industry standards to enable us to attract and retain the best talent, but doing so inclusively and with true diversity. By doing this, by accomplishing a true EDI policy within your business, you will also retain the top talent as well as attract new talent, which is a win-win for everybody listening, making more profitable business and a much better industry, higher regard, highly regarded. Inclusion Crowd are also the official awarding body for the Inclusion and Diversity Certification Mark within recruitment. We are so proud to be assisting and partnering Inclusion Crowd. If you want to know more information, please click on the link in this episode and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when you do so. Now, back to the episode. We are so proud to be partners of Needy, the gifting revolution. Here at Key Recruitment, we absolutely love to send out bespoke gifts to our new place candidates to welcome them in their new jobs, but also as an extra special thank you to clients 
or when a team is celebrating something really special. But to be honest, we were really fed up with dull or mediocre gifts that you could just buy on the high street that didn't really reflect who we are at key recruitment as a business. This is why we chose Needy. Needy source sustainably from the UK's best independent businesses, offering the most perfect array of bespoke gifts and experiences too. So no more boring bottles of plonk or rubbish boxes of chocolates. This is how you make your customers day with a gift that really matters and shows that you really want to do something special for them. For more information on how psychology and AI forming to make the best gift experience for you, click on the link and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when ordering. Now, back to the episode. 